Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, owner founder of Be There in Five, the company, author of Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, pop culture commentator and podcaster, because I appointed myself as being able to do those things. And even though it still feels incredibly weird, we're almost at a year and it will be in February. And that is my, that is my goal to have somebody finally sponsor this podcast. But I wanted to get, you know, have something to back it up. You know, if I started a podcast and was like, this is going to be great. Like, who's to say it is? I think a lot of people, myself included, start many projects they don't finish. But I got to say, this has been a real joy in a year that had a lot of ups and downs. And I'm so grateful you're here. And I hope you're still here, even though I've been a little bit inconsistent this fall. But uh, when that depressing Chicago winter is back in, in full speed, I will be on the mic much more often. That's when I started it because he can't really leave. Um, I might talk a little bit fast because as you might hear, my neighbor's dog is having a meltdown. Uh, such are the joys of living in an apartment building. That uh, lovely song you just heard is, of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by one DMX. He did this uh, at a radio station several years ago, and apparently it was such like a viral hit, he actually recorded it. I had not heard it, and I was trying to figure out what song to play. There's, I, I wanted something like more upbeat, because I love like depressing Christmas. Like As, as we talked about on uh, the Patreon with my sister, our Christmas Spectacular, which you can find at patreon.com slash be there in five, one dollar a month supports this podcast and allows me to keep it going in the event I can't find a sponsor by February. That will be my only option because my personal goal is to give myself a year <laughs> for to make me some income. And for those of you on Patreon, God love you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I am sending you a Christmas card. Haven't taken the photo yet because there's not been a time when me, Greg, and Tugboat are all photo ready at the same time. It, typically, Greg and I are photo ready, but Tugboat's not there. I tried to Photoshop him in one of our photos. It, it, it looked, it didn't look bad enough to be a joke. It didn't look good enough to be passed off. So I would just appear to be one of those like semi-sad mid-level bloggers that you know, like they Photoshop the crap out of everything because you can compare their images with like Getty images if they go to like fashion shows. And you're just like, why? Or I mean, what's also hilarious, like every single blogger, we've been talking about this in the Facebook group, has a flocked Christmas tree, has the cutest PJs, jam jammies, if you will, as they call them. And uh, like some have like a stocking cap, like Charles Dickens, like Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm like, where did you get that matching stocking cap and nightgown? Like, is this the 19th century? But they have like these really cute pajamas, slippers. They have uh, a flocked Christmas tree that's like perfectly decked out in ornaments that match, which... I don't F with ornaments that match. Like I, I, in my perfect life, I'll have two trees as I've talked about one that nobody can touch in the room that nobody sits in that I can sit in when everybody's annoying me. But the real like jolly cozy tree is the one with all the handmade ornaments and the knickknacks you gather throughout the year's mind and my hanging hearts on them, which, you know, are very important to me. And most important star of all atop the tree, which is Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, which all of you that have a copy, I hope you're doing the same. Um, but these trees are like so artistically done. They look like a Jeff Lethem, you know, Chris Jenner entryway checkerboard floor, grand Christmas that could pass off as a fine arts museum. It's it's amazing how these trees look. And then so they sit with their jammies in front of these trees with a steaming hot cup of cocoa with marshmallows on top that aren't melted. And I'm like, I know you didn't get the first, even the fifth shot. These shoots have hundreds of photos each, so you get like the right one at the right angle with the right laugh that doesn't have a double chin. And uh, they are, I'm convinced they're using cotton balls or what else? See, I don't really know what kind of hack you would use to make your marshmallows not melt, but like I just feel a general life problem throughout the years in the winters for me has been like the marshmallows melt really fast. So anyway all that aside I guess like seeing this ambiance like over and over and over in the same type of picture where people are just like cozy as hell 
I'm like feeling pressure like my holiday card needs to be something special. And I'm like, can I just pick a photo we took in like the summer? There's one of us like sitting on a curb outside of a bar that allowed dogs. It's kind of cute, but it's not, it's not holly jolly. So I, I don't really know what to do. Maybe it'll be a New Year's card. Maybe it'll be a Valentine's card. It, it's a be there in five months situation. I, I'm not like a holiday card type. I'm not going to send a letter though, though I live, breathe, die for those letters. Like Christmas card letters are the original Instagram. They're the original highlight, really. They're the original humble brag, the hashtag blessed. It's like, oh, your husband landed a promotion. You went on an amazing safari. Your kid won the spelling bee. Your other kid graduated magna cum laude. And then there's always the one kid that you know they're like not as proud of as every other kid. They're like, Tim is a person in a garden apartment pursuing the computer sciences. And I'm like, oh, Tim still lives at home in the, in the basement. He plays Fortnite all day. They have nothing to say about him. It, the tone changes when they get to Tim's part. And it's like, every family's got one. I'm my family's. It's like, Kate's pursuing her dreams. Oh. There's uh, Greg always says, find me an oldest child who followed their dreams. So I like to look at these cards to see if oldest children followed their dreams because they tend to be very responsible. Whereas people like me do things like quit their job and try to you know, float themselves through a couple years of wild experimentation with their career in hopes of it generating income because Jen's freaking Jen Sincero told me it would, and it is not. Those books, it's like, you know, just like picture cash rolling in. Just like, tell yourself, I am one with abundance and watch the money flow. And I'm like, well, Jesus Christ. I, I literally am like the, the, that one duck in ducktails that's just like swimming in a sea of gold coins. Like, that's what I envision every night before I go to go to bed. And maybe it's because it's animated that it's not working out, or maybe because it's coins. My mom did give me like $5 worth of nickels recently, and I have no clue what to do with them. So I kind of am swimming in small amounts of change. So I take back everything I said. Thank you, Jen Sincero, for making my purse very, very heavy. But anyway, yeah, I mean, also the thing with those letters is like, I, I, you, don't, you don't have to tell me what you're doing because I know exactly what you're doing. I look at your Facebook. If we're close enough, you're, you know my address because I change. Like I change it every five seconds. Um, I know what you're up to. I still love your letter and I want to read it, but that's why I don't send them. Is because I am shamelessly tap dancing on social media every day and hopes for more followers and hopes for more listeners and hopes for is someone to find me and tell me what to do next with my career. So you got to put yourself out there constantly because you just never know which is a little embarrassing for me, especially when I see people in person. They're like, oh, I watch your stories. You're funny. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You don't mean that. I can tell people are like, I don't get it. Are you okay? Um, when I first started talking to myself on Instagram, I, I definitely had people text me being like, what's up, girl? Like, what's going on? And I think they were, because it's a little bit weird when people you know well, all of a sudden they're like talking into the abyss. And it's funny, too, because when you, when you post a lot on social media, people start contacting you less and less because they know what you're up to. But I don't know what anybody else is up to. It's crazy, really. Um, so, yes, I will get you my Christmas card soon. The, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, DMX, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's, um, it's, it's, it is wild to hear such a campy, cartoonish song sung by... The artist of the fame to get it on the floor, which I'm a huge fan of, Rough Rider's Anthem. In this case, I guess Sleigh Rider's Anthem. No, Rough, Rough Sleigh Rider's Anthem. Yeah, Rough Sleigh Rider's. That's kind of cool. Why didn't he think of that? It makes a ton of sense. When I was looking into songs that were more like upbeat and hip, I saw so many hip-hop rap-related Christmas songs. And I know like Christmas in Hollis is like a famous one, Rum DMC. It's my sister-in-law's personal favorite. But um, I was trying to find something new and different for you guys. There was a lot of artists, like there was one by the Ying Ying Twins called Ho Ho Ho, parentheses Dirty Christmas that I spared you of. There's one uh, by, what's it called? Jaquan of Tipsy fame called Merry Christmas. I forget. It's, it's not, a, it wasn't a good one. There was one um, by Cameron of Hey Ma fame. I think he sung Silent Night. Which, from camera, I was like, I don't know, I was kind of hoping for like, hey Santa, what's up? Sleigh ride? All right. Let's hand out presents tonight. Got milk, got milk, got cookies, me too. Well, good. Rudolph, light up the night. Hey, that's kind of good, I just thought of that. I don't know what's with me and like, par like parodying things. Because 
obviously my book is a parody, but I think that I, I'm, I'm so terrified that I'm going to inadvertently become the weird owl of my generation. <laughs> because I can poke at things well and I can rhyme well um, and I can think quickly, but it's, it's not like in a cool way. It's, it's always in, like, in a cheesy format of something that already exists. And I guess I should be careful, though I was proud of my version of Baby It's Cold Outside. And I know as a society, given that it's the blurred lines of Christmas music, we're, get, we're abandoning that. But uh, issues with consent aside, which of course are an issue, my other issue that I've always had with the song and why I found it to be romantic is, well, I never really saw it as the guy being forceful. I just saw it as like him wanting her to stay so they could chat, which again is why I'm so naive. I also think that when people go to the bathroom at a dinner party and come back all jacked up that they're just, you know, really psyched they relieve themselves. But I thought, I don't know, I just always found it, and to be a nice thought, because I personally never dated anybody that, like, before my husband, I had a horrible dating experiences, and uh, I don't know, I never had anybody that really wanted me to stay. Like, I always felt like I was the person that was more, I was the Kate Winslet in the holiday, like, I was the person that was always way more into the other person, and they were kind of like, all right, see ya, and I was like, oh, man. So I was saying on Instagram, my version is called Baby I Told You to Go Outside, and is like, I really can't stay, and it's fine with me. I've got to go away. Well, what does he say? I've got to go away. Well, please go then. I wish I knew how to break the spell. Don't hit your head on the way out. So good. I ought to say no, no, no. At least I'm gonna say that I tried already said no several times. <laughs> See, this is so lame. I'm laughing at myself. But the other lines are better. It's like, my sister will be suspicious because our relationship is fictitious. What else is there? Like, my brother will be the door. Oh, uh, well, maybe just a half a drink more. You've had six drinks, not that I'm keeping score. Because that's something I would do. I would, I get nervous and um, I'll drink wine like, like, like faster than like Joey Chestnut at the annual Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating contest. Do they drink water? They just dunk the dogs in water. Truly, it's so disgusting. The, the notion of wet bread is, is to me worse than a wet blanket. I feel like if somebody really sucks, we should, we should try to get something to catch on with like a, a wet baguette. Oh, that's cute. That rhymes. Um, I'm really loving myself today, clearly. I'm going crazy. I've just been painting for hours and hours on end and without human contact. But anyway, I, uh, R.I.P. to Baby, it's cold outside. Hoping to say R.I.P. to Santa Baby. Equally creeptastic. I thought about, in my head, when I can't sleep, I write these parody songs. And the only one for Santa Baby I could think of was like, Santa Baby, slip a bagel under the tree for me. Carbs are better than fur. And that's as far as I got. It's, it's, I know, it's brilliant. <laughs> I love everything bagels, though, and everything but the Bagel Bagel Seasoning from Trader Joe's. It was featured in my last year's salt gift guide, and I didn't get to do his gift guide this year because I haven't had time. I don't even know what I would do outside of, like, dipping sauces, though, because those are really my two passions and my two ideal podcast sponsors. If anyone out there is affiliated with a dipping sauce company or a salt company. But, uh, you know, if you want to keep not responding to my emails, it's fine with me, too. I'll, I'll find someone else. Um... <laughs> But I, uh, I, really, I really need to stop writing these songs. I don't want to become Weird Al. I don't want to be like a clown, you know? I don't want to be like a class clown jokester, you know, digging an elbow in, this, in your side. Like, no, I don't want to be like a cheesy uncle version of a person in a 30-year-old woman. Uh, even though I do like puns, so it's a little bit hard. But anyway, so uh, Rough Slay Riders opened us up. I love really sad, despondent, like, oh, you feel homesick, you feel lonely, even if you're in a crowd, even if you're already at home, types of Christmas music that are just like children singing, or that song that says still, still, still over and over, and you're like, you're still saying still, is there any other words to this song? I do believe that's Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Well, I mean, it's a song in general that they sing a version of. Um, but like, so many Christmas songs are really weird, and I feel like we just don't deep dive into their lyrics, and... You hear stuff like, I'll be home for Christmas. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. If only in my dreams. And you're like, well, geez, didn't see that coming. Well, just go home. Hop a flight. Trains, planes, automobiles. You can get home if you want. Like, why aren't you home? So 
songs like that kind of make me mad. And like grown up Christmas list is really beautiful. And like, I agree, but also my grown up Christmas list is like, I don't know, I can eat whatever I want and I don't gain weight. I will make a ton of money and not have to work that hard. I can go to Italy every, you know, two, three months. I get a big four publishing deal. I want to feel comfortable in social situations. I'd love to go out to eat every single night and it not matter. I would love for Tugboat to stop eating food out of my mouth. I'd love for, you know, no more lives torn apart. Wars will never start. Time will heal our hearts. Everyone will have a friend. Right will always win and love will never end. I agree with all of that. But I think that goes without saying. It's the, it's the, it's the lazy answer. It's the world peace answer. I think we all need to give in to our, our, the shallow parts of ourselves now and again. Because it's like, don't pretend Christmas is all about depth. It's, it's just about like buying people hand creams, bath and body products that you don't know what else to buy for them. But it's on clearance at the Marshalls. Personal effects aisle, so long as you can get the red sticker off. I, I've always, always felt like in secret Santa type situations in my earlier life, I was always given bath and body products. It was always like a loofah shower gel and lotion set. And it just, that just like screams, this is sheer obligation. I, 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 even though I like some stuff, you know, you throw a little moonlight path from bath and body work, some sweet pea, some warm vanilla sugar. I mean, you know, it's like going in a time machine back to the late nineties when I just drenched myself in that stuff. And you know, thought I was Liz Taylor, but I, I just, I just think that like, we need to think a little harder than bath and body products. I, for one, feel terrible for my loved ones because I tend to make gifts and I tend to like try to funny and like they don't always land, but it's kind of like being a venture capitalist for every, you know, nine startups that absolutely tank and have terrible ideas. There's one hero and my one hero gift a year really keeps me going and it probably shouldn't. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, I did make Greg that video card this week because we're both really struggling with our iPhones. And my husband particularly like is hates this new iPhone. And now we're not, you know, obviously it's a luxury period, but both of our phones were like dying because they reverse engineered them. So they peter out, you have to get a new one. And the new one has all these aesthetic surface level features that are new that are swapped out with things that worked perfectly fine. And all the stuff that doesn't work well is still there. It's, it's, it's quite frustrating, but um, I made him a, uh, a, a card, like an in-memoriam to the tune of someone like you by Adele. I was really torn between that and Green Day's Time of Your Life, parentheses, good riddance, because I wanted it to feel more like a graduation than a death, but what are you going to do? Um, of all like the things he misses, like touch ID, like the command center being swipe up instead of the top right corner, you know, all that stuff, which solicited way too many DMs from people being like, actually, the command center still exists. I'm like, I know. It's just, it's annoying to move it up with your thumb and, and like then have to like crawl your hand up your giant ass phone and like swipe it down with your pointer finger. And I know like a touch assist or whatever can help you with that, but that's not what I was looking for. You know, sometimes you just want to complain. You don't always want help. It's like, the, it's the same with your relationship as it is Instagram. People are fixers and it's really sweet and it's well intended, but like sometimes I'm just whining, you know? Um, and then anyways, my point is immediately, not immediately, within 24 hours of me posting that card and being like, the iPhone X family uh, sucks, my uh, computer crashed. Uh, and I had to like wait in line at a weird like micro center in the north side that uh, was open past 10 p.m., which is, you know, never a great sign. And uh, have some guy like go take apart my computer and he basically gave it back to me without the back on in a hard drive, everything exposed. He was like, be careful. One morsel of dust will take the entire machine down. But basically it can only be used if you unplug the battery and plug in the charger and the computer thinks it's dead, not running on the battery, but has the charger to keep it alive. But anytime you detach the charger, it will die and you will lose everything. And I was like, cool, cool. I'll be taking that. I am fine with that. I would rather do that than like, send it away for weeks and not be able to get my Christmas orders done. So the fact that I'm even recording this is real touch and go one swift move of my knee and I'm going to lose this entire episode, which I did a few days ago. And I'm very sorry about it. I'm going to, I'll try to re-record something like it. I, I was talking about what, how I felt like the nineties the would be if we had Instagram with all like the mega hotties, the Kelly Kapowski's, the melody from Hey Dudes. The Topangas, like, what, how thoughty would they be on Instagram? And it's kind of uh, the Tanyas from Walla Walla, Washington, of real world. Like, the Julies, the, would she be, if Julie from real world New Orleans, would she be a Mormon mommy blogger? Like, there's so many great hypotheticals to think about. 
but maybe I'll, you know, pick that back up in January sometime. Anyway, moving on. Um, I was just playing another Christmas song that I liked. It was the Quad City DJs. It was called What You Want for Christmas. It sounds exactly like Come On Ride the Train, which is the only song I know of theirs. Wait, well, no, I know Space Jam, of course. Um, but it's actually kind of catchy. I'm enjoying this new genre of Christmas tunes. Have you, there's this theory. Well, okay, are you familiar with the Mandela effect? It's when you think something, like the society collectively remembers something a certain way that it's not. Like apparently the exact phrasage is not Luke, I am your father. There's like something in between those, the Luke and the I am your father. And like, it's not the Berenstein Bears, it's actually the Berenstain Bears. Or, and then one of the big ones is that um, Carmen's, no, Carmen Diego. What the, f- oh yeah. No, there, there is so, uh, totally unrelated. I was just thinking about how Carmen Diego. I heard some people think that her trench coat was, yellow and i'm like okay hello gumshoe you're not gonna get any acme bucks because it was definitely red what are you talking about um and also carmen san diego is really an unsung heroine of the 90s she was my she was she and mavis beacon from mavis beacon teaches typing were kind of were like my idols they were my you know i don't know who people idolized in the 90s like who was that person that um uh madeline albright were people into her i don't know uh, I, I was just really into Carmen San Diego, maybe speaking, because I played a lot of computer games. <laughs> um, was it talking about? Oh, okay. And one of these Mandela effect theories is that people think that in the early '90s there was a movie called Shazam featuring Sinbad, when really that movie doesn't exist, and people are thinking of Shaq and Kazam. But Sinbad was prevalent in that era, and he was in movies like First Kid. Maybe it was my date with the president's daughter. I forget. Uh, my date, was it my date with the president? No, that's that cute blonde girl in that amazing, um, pink crushed velvet mini dress that she wore to the dance, which looked like, uh, you know, nineties leotard that cost $80 that when I took gymnastics, I would, I, cause I wanted to be like the fab 11. Um, but it was first kid he was in. I always get those two confused. Fun fact, first kid was filmed at my middle school. I was not an extra. I think I was too young at the time or maybe not good looking enough, but, um, I also get uh, blank check and what's it called? Richie Rich confused. It's both about two young boys that came into money very unexpectedly. And it's not that much money now when you look back at the blank check kid only did a million dollars. Like, are you kidding me? What were those for wimps after taxes? You're barely buying a two bed, two bath in a major metropolitan city. But um, the other one too that I always get confused is Dunstan checks in an opera is it Operation Dumbo Drop? No, no, no. That's where they drop an elephant with a parachute. Dunstan checks in and Mighty Joe Young. Because that's the, the well, they're not similar at all, but they came out very similar times. And in my head, they're both about like someone in the monkey family. So I don't know why I always get them mixed up. It's not, I mean, granted, I don't talk about Dunstan checks in in like my everyday life. <laughs> But uh, one time, like one time, and unfortunately it was in front of a lot of people, I confused Mighty Joe Young with Meet Joe Black. Um, and Greg thought it was very funny and he likes to bring it up all the time. And I don't find it that funny because I've never seen Meet Joe Black, but apparently it's a pretty serious movie and that's a really weird thing to mix up. But what are you going to do? It's, 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 it, you have the word Joe in a three-word movie. How are you going to expect me to, to distinguish? I also often will transpose Goodwill Hunting with, Saving Private Ryan, because they're three-word movies that came out in similar times starring Matt Damon. And I don't think that's crazy, but people seem to think that's weird, too. And again, blind spot. Got to work on it. I'm sure I just lost a ton of respect from all of you. But if you were to ask me, like, what was my standout movie of the 90s, I'd probably tell you, like, It Takes Two or Harriet the Spy. Like, I was really into Harriet the Spy. So much so that I got a yak back in one of those black and white marble journals, just like Harriet, and then a long, fresh Ticonderoga. And I'd like sit and look in my neighbor's window. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was weird. Like I was straight up trespassing. That was that movie was a terrible influence to kids. Same with Matilda, because I thought I could, you know, have kinetic powers, and I would just like stare at dishes, like constantly, just waiting for it to happen, and it would never happen. But you know, you just would dream about one day moving a Cheerio, and then little bitty pretty one by Thurston Harris comes on, and suddenly you're, you know, swimming in a sea of flying vases and teapots and 
various household knickknacks and uh, just get excited for the imminent takedown of Danny DeVito, a terrible father. He really freaked me out. Miss Honey was such a freaking angel. I loved her. She's beautiful. I wonder what she's up to. She'd be a great Hallmark actress. She has, she has those weather girl good looks that I talk about. She, she is like, yeah. My sister got really offended that I called her weather girl pretty, but it was like a huge compliment for me, meaning she's like universally good looking and like your best friend would like her, your mom would like her. Like she's just a, such a pleasant person to be around and she's good, like would look great on TV, but and she wears a lot of business casual clothing, but she didn't seem to like it. It's a huge compliment for me. Whereas newscasts are pretty, there's sharper features. There's a little bit, you know, more deliberate of a voice, a little less of a sense of humor um, and a tendency to wear sleeveless dresses. Whereas weather girls are, uh, tend to have a sleeve because they have to point their arms so much. With men, I, I have trouble classifying sometimes, but one of my favorites is, is youth, pastor, handsome. I think it's a very specific type of boyish good looks, with, you know, maybe a rosy cheek, a dimple, no facial hair, a haircut that maybe they should have gotten rid of in their early to mid 20s, but it works for them somehow. And they're just so wholesome and handsome. You can't help but think something. What's what's going on there? Um, I don't know anybody directly like that, but in my head, that's that's how all the youth pastors I grew up seeing were. Anyway, what was I talking about? Movies? Oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, I still want to live in the world of Harry the Spy and Move It Football Head and Ask Ashley. That's me. Lori Trachtenberg's Vital Information and Roundhouse and Salute Your Shorts and. Mike O'Malley, Summer Sanders. Oh, gosh, those are some great alliterative names. Figured out was kind of a lame show. I hated Wild and Crazy Kids because I'm not one for hijinks or getting wet. Um, Double Dare was cool. I saw it live with my parents. I uh, also was a big What Would You Do fan. I liked Good Burger, but it wasn't, it wasn't really like... Good Burger was the dude wears my car of, of you know, pre-teens. It's, it was just kind of, kind of like an airheady dude movie. I didn't find that funny, but it's not really my humor. Not that my humor was highly curated at, you know, age nine. But I knew that, you know, Keenan and Kel weren't necessarily my cup of tea, though. I think Keenan Thompson is like, he does not get enough credit. He's been on SNL for like 15 years, and he's consistent, and he's good. He does he does characters. He does regular sketch. He's I don't think he's a stand-up comedian, but I think he's versatile and doesn't get enough credit. Um, and side note, last Halloween... And there was a there was an event in Chicago that I like drove by and it was really crowded and I was like, dang, what's going on there? Like I thought it was, you know, something really exciting. And and Kel, Kel of Keenan and Kel. What is Kel's last name? Kel Bell? Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell? Kel Mitchell. Kel Mitchell? Is that right? Um He was hosting the party. And I'm like, oh my God. That's kind of amazing that like a really specific pop cultural character that didn't really have a lot of longevity in their career can like still host bar parties and bring out a sick crowd. Like Scott Disick, Scott Disick will be like with his Lord Kane strolling into his seventies, still bringing the house down at Tal Las Vegas. I mean, good for them. What, what a career! Appearances do pay well, and I I really don't blame anybody for milking that while it's hot. I think the other day when I was discussing. Um, you know, who would be the thoughtiest Instagrammer from the 90s? I think I concluded that it would be Petunia, that tattoo from Pete and Pete. Um, because, you know, I don't want to offend any actress. And a lot of them are still around. But she was, like, kind of the sluttiest character I could think of on Nickelodeon. Wasn't she scantily clad? Wasn't it like a Jessica Rabbit sitch? Here's, I, here's the problem. I say things that I don't remember. Oh, my God, my neighbor's dog. Move it, football head. Jeez. Anyway. Uh, speaking of Pete. Eh, that's a great segue. Pete and Pete to Pete Davidson. A hot topic of this podcast in 2018, and I, I frankly never saw it coming. Oh, Pete Davidson. Guys, that was really sad this week. I just didn't want to talk about it because it's too serious and I don't want to trivialize it. Um, it's also really sad because he had just said, like, I, there's so many people out there trolling me saying I'm going to kill myself and I'm not, like, no matter how hard you try. And he did a 180, and I know he has borderline personality disorder, and I know he was coming to Kanye's defense, but also... Kanye, like he's tweeting, like he's a grown man tweeting 125 times and he's entitled to have his opinion and entitled to, you know, work out his vision, whatever way he sees fit. But also you can't be surprised that that high volume of information and then going dark and then coming back with another high volume, it appears a little bit manic to the general population. Not to say that we're minimizing the importance of mental illness, but it's also really confusing because 
He talks about his illness a lot. He talks about going on and off medications. The Kardashians don't really acknowledge it. Kim's on the Kardashians being like, just because my husband uh, is, you know, has ideas doesn't mean he's mentally ill. Or just because he goes on TMZ doesn't mean he's mentally ill. But then Kanye's like, I had a handler when I was at TMZ. And I'm just like, well, which one is it? And I think the problem isn't that, like, we're minimizing his issue. The problem is... He's taking it to Twitter in a in a his g his alleged genius to Twitter in a way that isn't totally digestible to the public because it's such a departure from how ideas are usually presented. It's not wrong, but we have the right to be like, "Huh, this is different. Let me take a second. This is going to take a while for me to process." I don't care about the Drake feud. I think Drake is holding something over them. I think he like really has something, and that's why they like were going public threatening him. I don't really know if I believe the theory that he slept with Kim. I think there are a lot of people that could be called Kiki. My nephews call me Kiki. I think Ariana Grande just didn't read, like, check the pulse of the room. I think that she was just, like, saw, like, broad strokes. People were fighting on Twitter and was like, there's grown men fighting. You know, here's my song and Miley's new song. And I think it was pretty innocuous. But then she gets in huge trouble. She's having to backtrack. Do I think it was, like, smart of her? No, but I also don't think it was malicious. And I, if anything, it was just, like, an opportunity for promotion, which we know she hasn't been shy to this year. And then I thought that was weird. That was so triggering to Pete because it really was saying nothing about um, Kanye's mental illness. I think she was just talking about how Kanye and Drake were arguing and threatening each other, right? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know enough about it. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I don't want to get myself in trouble, but it was just like this really extensive, long drawn out chain of events that like was so complicated. And it was almost uninteresting. Like it was, I felt like it was one reach after reach after reach to like get somebody else involved or to get mad. And then when Pete posted that borderline, you know, suicidal note and ariana tweets like i'm i'm downstairs i know you have other people and the last person you need is me but i'm here i was like just text him that call him call his team if he doesn't have access to you like the 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 motivation of him of her tweeting that publicly is very odd to me i if i were her i would have just gone dark right um and then it's like with kanye too he's like dragging travis scott for talking about checks instead of stripes in his song, checks being Nikes, when Kanye signed with Adidas. And then Kylie's having to be like, guys, Travis has had to deal with Nikes for years. And then Kanye's like, never mind, Travis came over, we're good. I'm just like, can you guys stop dragging us into this and figure your shit out on your own? <laughs> it's kind of exhausting. Like, I don't, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. The, these like feuds these days aren't interesting to me. And I don't know why they, they really did used to be. And I don't know if the feuds are getting worse, if they're getting repetitive, if they're not seeming legit or what. Um, and I think too, like after the Nick and Priyanka of it all, I'm just so skeptical of everybody. And I still just cannot get over the thank you next is our Ariana's first hit single. And it all has to do with Pete Davidson. And I can't get over that. She names her exes by name. And everyone's like heralding her as this like, feminist queen and i love that song i did a whole thing on instagram i was proud of her how more women need to be an, a beacon of an example of somebody who doesn't marry the wrong man who, who who dates who loves hard and who moves on because that's healthy and that's what you do it's okay to have exes my god but taylor swift does that and she wrote dear john in like 2008 and people are still like oh my god she writes about her exes what a bitch and i'm like yeah she writes about her life experiences and also, we don't always know if those pronouns are right. We, they, there's a lot of flip-flopping with pronouns that go on in these albums, and you, everyone just chooses to stay blind to that. That <sighs> gets me so worked up. Anyway, that was perhaps the tangent of all tangents. I do believe this all started with the Quad City DJ song and then went into Kazam, the Mandela Effect, then somehow into Nickelodeon and the like. And um, now we are here. I'm also not really believing this Cardi B and Offset stuff, like him interrupting her on stage. Even her and Nikki's feuds sometimes seem like so intentional and weird, though I guess they wouldn't be on Nikki's part because it definitely does not make her look very good. Actually, speaking of Nicki Minaj, I have a list of things I don't need in 2019 on my iPhone. It's very short, but I'm slowly adding to it as I think of them. And one of the things I wrote down is Nicki Minaj phoning it in for her music videos. Whether swish, swish, bish, whether little mix, a uh, woman like me, whether any Variana Grande's movies, 
Nikki phones it in. She's always like in a statue, in a clock on the wall. They they pan to her and she is separate. She's in a separate studio doing separate filming and is never actually with the people she's filming with. Maybe the light is coming. She was actually there because I think I saw footage of that on Ariana's behind the scenes documentary. However, she just like you can you you know she will not come to filming. She will not interact with anybody. She has her own team and she goes to a back lot of some studio in L.A. or New York and just like puts on some clothes, wraps for a few minutes in front of a green screen, calls it a day. And for that, maybe that's maybe she's great. We all saw her pickle juice meltdown on MTV, which at the time I kind of was like, you know what? You asked for pickle juice and you didn't get it. Would a man be called, you know, a huge bitch for demanding that he wants the thing he asked you for? Probably not. I, I could I could swing either way. But yes, I want her to stop phoning it in. I don't need her to be so ancillary to the story. I want her more incorporated in, into the plot of the video. The other things I don't need, I probably talked about this on an earlier podcast, but I'm definitely done with the term tribe. I'm definitely done with unpopular opinion because every time somebody says unpopular opinion, they, they, they say something popular. And, I, and I, it's almost like a cute way to offset the thing you're about to say that's like, I'm quirky, but like you're not and everybody probably agrees with you. An unpopular opinion is like, I love salty things over sweets. An unpopular opinion is like, I'm in my prime on Tuesday at 3 p.m., uh, Easter is better than Christmas. I love a popcorn ceiling. Um, I, I love wall-to-wall carpeting. That's an unpopular opinion. What about, like, I don't know, Phoebe's the best character on Friends. Not, not a popular opinion to me. In 2019, I just want you to think to yourself, is this genuinely unpopular before saying unpopular opinion? Because if it's just something quirky and different, like own it, you know, you don't have to qualify it, even though I'm the queen of the qualifier, as you can tell from this podcast. I'm a little bit over yes, queen, mostly because I have trouble saying yes without sounding like an idiot. I am over mermaids. I'm over unicorns. I'm over things that say mermaids exist or people buying mermaid tails. It's like, are you Rocky from Below Deck season three? Like, let's let's drop the mermaids. We're cool. I'm kind of over like canceled culture. Like so-and-so is over, over like... Everybody coming at person so hard for like a singular day or week. I don't support people who make bad decisions, but I also want people to be able to evolve. And what's it all for if people can't admit they were wrong, apologize and move forward accordingly? Then what are we so mad about if we're not actually going to affect change? Where we want to be mad just to prove to ourselves that the person sucks. We have more sucky people in the world so they don't change. Like, no, we want people to change. So let's approach this all differently. You know, I mean, like, think about the Dixie Chicks. The Dixie Chicks' careers were, like, ruined. And, like, thank God that, you know, that whole situation got us not ready to make nice. That song is amazing. And that part where, the, like, the bridge, it's like, I made my bed and I sleep like a baby. No regrets. And I don't mind saying it's a sad, sad story when a mother will teach her daughter that she ought to hate a perfect stranger. And how on earth can the words, words that I said send somebody so over the edge that they'd write me a letter saying that I better shut up and sing or my life will be over? Like, yes, Natalie Maines. Yes, Queen. <laughs> that is the last time I'll say that this year. I agree. And they did, for what people say right now about the administration, theirs was so innocuous. It was like, what did she say? That she was, wasn't proud that Bush was from Texas? Like, who cares? It, that wasn't a big deal. Like, it was her opinion. And the world came after her. And it just shows what, like, a shift it is in the climate in terms of we're a lot more tolerant of who you can speak more disrespectfully about, but if it toes the line of what, like, is culturally popular or acceptable to say, you're out. So it's like, you you have to be really, really careful. And Natalie Maines would fit in great in today's culture, but she still, like, kind of has this tainted, I don't know, public experience that I'm sure has been incredibly difficult for her. And if not for Wide Open Spaces, Cowboy Take Me Away, Goodbye Earl. I mean, these these are the soundtrack of my childhood, and I am a... I am a Dixie chick through and through. And if Natalie Maines did something worse than just say she wasn't proud George Bush was from Texas, please correct me. But as far as I know, that's what she said. And she said it overseas. And isn't she entitled to push back on the current administration if they're doing something she doesn't agree with? Isn't that what everybody's doing now? I also sometimes I low all to myself thinking of jumping on my bed singing Goodbye Earl and how young I was. And if, if my mom heard, she'd be like, what is this? But Goodbye Earl is all we had for, like, kind of true white girl rage before Carrie Underwood, before he cheats. And I'm really in in the mood for a new ragey 
anthem. I mean, obviously, we had Alanis Morissette. You ought to know. But again, I told you I thought she was saying cross-eyed bear, like a cross-eyed teddy bear instead of cross-eyed bear. And really was really misunderstood that song. Um, I am going to a Kelly Clarkson song. Uh, it's a concert in February, which I'm so delighted for. But like, I want a great women's pride, stand up for yourself, be strong, be different type of music, but that isn't campy, that's not pandering to the current climate. I think stuff like, you know, uh, like Little Mix, who I love, had a song called Strip. It's like, take up all my makeup because I love what's under it. It's like, strip me down because I'm proud of who I am. If you got little boobs, love it. If you got a big ass, love it. It's, it's this whole, and it's, it's a good song, but it's like, it's, it's a little too campy for me. And it's, it's basically the same as like Christina Aguilera's Beautiful, just like a lot more upbeat and silly and less, you know, depressing music video wise. But I, I want it to be like legitimately strong and inspiring and not just trying really hard to be strong and inspiring. And really the only place I can come from is somebody's personal experience and not like Mark Ronson or Shellback writing a song that some, you know, puppet pop starlet sings. I, I, I just can't do any more of like, random songs pretending they feature selena gomez when they don't the girlfriend is in trouble and i don't know why no one's gonna cop to it and it's really bothering me like she's 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 not exhausted she's not like maybe she has lupus but that's not the problem like girlfriend's got she's some serious according to empty some serious serious alleged issues and uh it doesn't help that beebs just got married and i don't know i worry about her i know i talk about this all the time but it's like it just doesn't get better but yet she still comes out with like random music disconnected from albums. And I just don't really understand her career. Who's like buying out her concerts. But anyway, it's always charming when she shows up at a Taylor Swift concert at the Rose Bowl. Speaking of, I'm so psyched for the Rep World Tour to come out on New Year's Eve. I have plans now. Thank God. I didn't really want to go spend $150 for, you know, a, a bar deal that includes like vodka, cranberry, vodka, orange juice, two things I don't drink and a very limited array of past apps which you know i feel about past apps no party in the history of the world has ever ordered enough past apps like have you ever ever gone to a party function wedding banquet and been like there's an ample amount of appetizers like no people are chasing them down like frothing at the mouth it's insane like just order more food but alas i'm a delight invite me to your holiday party (laughs) that's another thing Uh, we watch these hallmark movies and everybody's going to these christmas parties and i'm like what? Like, do you guys have a lot of Christmas parties? I haven't gone to one. Like, yeah, there are casual friend hangs where there's lights and trees and maybe spiced wine present, but like not straight up Christmas parties at third party vendors where like I wear a cocktail dress and I'm getting in the spirit. And like every Hallmark movie, somebody's like faking a boyfriend so they can have a date to their annual Christmas party. And it's like even work, like my work, my old job, we never invited spouses and Greg's. They don't invite spouses. I don't. My, I asked my sister if I could come to hers, and she said no. I don't really know who has these parties, but I'd love to go to one. I'd love to get dressed up and in the spirit. I'd love to wear some, maybe like a fur-lined coat and a muff. But I don't really have any plans to. Though I'm psyched to go home for Christmas. I I cannot wait to have my mom make me a grilled cheese, to drink chocolate milk on my parents' couch, to watch Hallmark movies, to watch The Holiday, to watch The Santa Claus with a knee. To watch a Christmas Vacation, to not watch A Christmas Story, or It's a Wonderful Life or a Miracle on 34th Street. Those are the three movies I do not do. But I, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little iffy on Home Alone because it used to scare me as a kid because I thought it was plausible that my parents would leave me behind. Um, and every time in, in O'Hare, which I frequent very often now, I always think of that Run Run Rudolph scene, which is charming. But the burglars, it's like in real life, burglars would give up. They would not be that incessant, especially after all the booby traps. Can we, like, rebrand booby traps? I never, I don't like saying that. Um, what's my other favorite Christmas movie? I love Love Actually, although I know that with the holiday is kind of like a, on, on the on the fringe. I love Mickey's Christmas Carol specifically, not, not no other. That's another one where I do believe the ghost of Christmas, is it past or, no, past is the one with the grave. Present is the one where they go to, go to Jacob Marley's house and Tiny Tim's, like, poking at a burnt goose future there's one like a giant giant ghost that's like very uh gluttonous and like is eating christmas plums and has them all like five on his fingers and he goes like the curly suit like thing and um he's also sitting in like piles of money i think i don't know that's also who i'm going to start manifesting my life to be no wait i need a non-animated character 
Ugh, I got to think through this. Let me know if anybody's actually manifested money a la Jen Sincero before I leave my Amazon review. JK, I'll always leave people five stars. Now as an author myself, I understand the importance of a five-star review across the board. And I'd appreciate it if you bought it, if you'd consider leaving one for both that book and this podcast. Anyway, guys, I'm at 45 minutes. I should probably head out. I, I hope you have the most Merry Christmas, the happiest holidays, whatever and however you celebrate. I hope you watch lots of movies, drink some wine, have some good food, be in the company of those you don't get to see all the time. But more importantly, I hope you get to have meaningful conversations with your loved ones. I think that uh, too often with people we see all the time, we forget that there's bigger and deeper questions we could be asking. And there's a lot we don't know about the people we know the best. And I know, you know, when my grandma and grandpa passed away, I've been like, oh my God, like there's all of a sudden you're like flooded with questions. And I think some of my favorite memories with my family is sitting around the table, just like talking about Lord knows what, but learning more about each other as the years go on, because we're all constantly changing and your parents had a life before you. And there's just, even when you feel like there's awkward silences or if you don't get along with certain people in your family, there's always something to talk about and there's always common ground you can find and work hard to find it because I, the one thing that is special about Christmas aside from, you know, all of the surface level things I talk about is I've laughed the absolute hardest at, at so many of our Christmases. It's the one time of year we're all sleeping in the same house again. And I look forward to it so much, not just because of the grilled cheese and the chocolate milk, but because of making new memories with my nephews and my niece and my family and my parents. And now with my spouse, it's, it's interesting how family dynamics always change and new people come in and out and I don't know. Every year's a little different in the best way possible. So my neighbor's dog's having a meltdown. Um, I'm very sorry for that in the background. I don't have a choice. This is literally the only time I can record this. Um, my God, it's so annoying. I'm proud of Tugboat, though. He's chilling. Look, did you hear that? It's not a peep from that guy. What a gem. What an angel. Must have heard me talking about him earlier, stealing food from my mouth. Anyway, so Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thank you so, so much for supporting me and being here throughout the past year. I might post Kelly and I's Christmas Spectacular from Patreon for the general public the following week, just, you know, because it's festive and I actually think it's a pretty fun episode. And if you can deal with the disorganization, you might enjoy it too. Maybe I'll even bring my mic and see if my mom and sister-in-law will get on these here airwaves, though I highly doubt it. Um, but I hope you make lots of memories, play lots of board games, learn something new about every person that you see all the time. And pat yourself on the back for another year of life well lived and cheers to the next year being even better than the last. I know I'm going to. And to conclude, I did conclude on my Patreon with this and for that I am sorry, but it is my favorite Christmas song of all time. It's been my favorite since I was very, very young. I, I, the, the true hero, of, the true unsung hero of Christmas is Mary. I know Jesus was born and that's really great. Happy B-Day. But freaking Mary, bless her heart, got, gets pregnant out of nowhere. No one's going to believe you it was immaculate. Like, who? no, it's supernatural. It, does, it doesn't even make sense. She carries this baby around being a virgin. She tries to give birth, and then people are like, sorry, there's no room. And it's like, okay, what kind of a-hole is going to turn out a pregnant woman? Like, kick someone else out. Give, give birth in the lobby. Like, the problem is I'm thinking of, like, a holiday inn and not, like, an inn in, uh, you know, the Middle East and... I guess the very end of BC, whatever year that would be. Um, but uh, yeah, and to give birth in a stable around animals, it's like in a cartoonish way, it's it's so like whimsy, but like in real life, it's like super gross, like petting zoo. Um, and, you know, everything, the, the wise men, the, the three strange men showing up to the delivery room and they're like, here's some things you've never, ever heard of. And she's like, thanks, I guess. And... To be honest, I can't really remember a lot. I, I hope my mom's not listening. I, I, I do remember a lot about the nativity sitch. I, and, it was, I, you know, what a blessing it was. I just mean, you know, these were people, you know? Like, Mary is a person. Joseph is a person. And I know Jesus is, like, the son of God, but, like, he was also birthed like a human. So that whole part I don't, like, totally understand. Um, but it's pretty wild to think of what she must have endured prior to people realizing who he was and what he was going to do for the world and that he would literally be a defining character in, in the division of time from BC to AD. Like I just don't, I don't know on Christmas. I just like to put myself in Mary's shoes and really give it up to her. I don't know if she knew that uh, the child she delivered would soon deliver you, which is like the most intense thing. And I love picturing somebody 
talking to Mary and being like, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? And she's like, well, no. Did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? And she's like, how? Did you know that your baby boy would come to make us new? This child who delivered will soon deliver you. It's like, geez. Which is funny because Jesus, isn't that like a, an abbreviation to not say Jesus? Like the use of the Lord's name in vain, kind of like how stinks is sucks. I'm not sure. So Mary would never say Jesus or Jesus Christ. Unless, you know, of course, she was reprimanding her son, which did she like have to, I don't know. Did she have to reprimand him? Did she have to like raise him like a normal toddler? Did Jesus have terrible twos? These are things that like, this is what I mean. Why like, there's always something new to learn. Like there's, there's a story you're told and the way you think things were, but then you really practically think about it as an adult and you, you see it totally differently. So anyway, shout out to Mary who did not know that her baby boy is the great I am. And shout out to Pentatonics for literally sending goosebumps through my body when I hear that line sung. It's truly powerful. It's truly moving. And it really captures the more serious side of Christmas. And I love the Aaron Carter, Hillary Duff, I want candy, uh, silver pants, uh, cartoony Christmas as much as the next guy. But I also love religious Christmas. And I also love Josh Groban singing All Holy Night. And I also love Mannheim Steamroller and Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Orchestra and Mormon Tabernacle Choir and all the, all the beautiful songbirds that, you know, make me long for times gone by. Isn't that the best? It's good to feel sad sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, hope you enjoy. And thanks so much for joining. I'm so sorry about that dog. And as always, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Did you know?